Hello, my name is Conrad Kinch and this is Send 3 and 4 pence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law as we shamble hopefully towards eternity. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Send 3 and 4 pence. This is going to be quite short uh, because it is nearly 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, I, I have to be up at half 6 uh, to go to work. And I can't sleep, but I have been reflecting on something that Dave over at um, D Percentile was talking about, about editing. Um, and I just want to push back on that just a little bit. Um, firstly, I think he's absolutely right in terms of uh, copy editing. The, the, there, there is no excuse really for producing a badly edited text in this day and age. The tools that are there to, to help us with that are uh, fantastic. Um, desktop publishing has transformed the industry. Um, you know, and there is simply no substitute for proper, clear English. And, um, and uh, a well-edited manuscript. But what I would like to uh, sort of rebut... And I'm not entirely sure if this is something Dave himself has said or that other people have said in call-ins to his podcast because I listened to both of them and I'm, I've, I think I've mixed them up. Um, but it essentially relates to playtesting and the producing of well-playtested games. Um, I think there is an expectation that your game should be playable um, from the get-go. But I also think that we wildly overestimate the size of the companies that produce uh, role-playing games. It is a cottage industry at the very best. Um, it is a cottage industry and it is kept afloat by people who frankly are too good for it. Um, and there is limited uh, resources there for playtesting. Um, having been involved in playtesting for Steve Jackson Games, um, they have a fantastic infrastructure um, for playtesting games, but they've had to work very hard at that uh, over the years. And that is something that they're exceptionally good at. Um, and that not every company, is particularly new companies, are going to have that pool of people to draw on. Um, and writing rules is hard. Doing anything uh, for the first time is hard, particularly if you're a, um, if you're a, a sole owner-operator um, or PG uh, concern. Excuse me. Um, but th- doing that is difficult. And the, the, the role-playing games that really succeed tend to be the ones that have multiple editions, like Dungeons & Dragons, which, while is basically the same game that it was in the 1970s, but things have been changed, things have been streamlined, things have uh, have been adapted. Call of Cthulhu is recognisably... Incremental change over time is an incredibly powerful force. And no group of playtesters is going to be able to to do that, is going to subject a game to the kind of pummeling that releasing it to a population of gamers 
is uh, is going to 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 do. Um, the the game is going to be sort of deconstructed and attacked and played by different people and played by people who often will have different fundamental assumptions to um to the game designer and there are a couple of points i'd like to address there is um steve jackson wrote a uh, wrote ogre um which che from roleplay rescue is a big fan of and, and me too um but he wrote an article about how things changed in the second edition of GEV, or sorry, the second edition of Ogre, where there was a unbeatable strategy uh, if you took an all GEV, the sort of fast cavalry, fast attack, hovercraft force, um, and it, was, it, it, it could not be beaten. The, the Ogre player couldn't win. And the reason he'd never playtested that was because no one would do that. It would be stupid. It would be like having a Napoleonic army with nothing but cannon in it. Um, and someone who didn't have the same base assumptions as Steve did picked up the game and completely broke it within a couple of minutes. Um, so that you you only get that kind of experience by putting things out into the wild uh, and then adapting. Um, secondly, people don't read rules, and when they don't, um, even when those rules are particularly well done and particularly simple, um, uh, I'm now thinking of a war game called Memoir Forty Four, which is a, a a very light board war game, written by a lovely man who I've had the pleasure of meeting called Richard Bork, who's an absolute gentleman, but. Um, and who does have a very extensive group of playtesters who work on his games. But Memoir 44 is a game that was written to be played by seven-year-old children. It has about 12 pages of rules, and uh, it is extremely simple. Um, myself and my friends started playing that in 2004, and uh, in, I think, 2014 a computer version of that game came out. And as soon as we started playing it, we all simultaneously realised that we'd been playing two of the rules wrong. And bear in mind, this is a 12-page rule book with lots of illustrations. It is aimed at children. It could not have been simpler, but we had missed two of the rules. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's something that's just going to happen because writing rules is hard um, and you need to have that sort of incremental uh, change to get a really good game and to sort of make this somewhat more topical in my own country that is the Republic of Ireland uh, lawmakers who you know make more money than any role-playing game designer you can think of and some of the brightest legal brains in the state drafted legislation to deal with the coronavirus. And it has emerged this week that uh, there is a lacuna in the, um, in the legislation that means that uh, the police cannot enforce it with regard to people travelling from Northern Ireland. Um, and that is, uh, you know, a group of highly trained, very intelligent people writing rules that could literally mean life or death for the people concerned and through no fault of their own they have um, 
they've messed up and they've missed something. So I think we can be very hard on RPG designers who are simply putting together a piece of entertainment um, that, yeah, absolutely, sometimes they're going to put things in that don't work and those things only become apparent over time, sometimes years later. Uh, now, that, of course, does not uh, mean that, that, you know, they can't properly copy, copy edit their um, their text, you know, and dot the I's and cross the T's and ideally leave two spaces after the full stops. Um, but uh, I think we should give them a certain amount of leeway, um, given that, uh, you know, it is simply a very difficult task and almost impossible to get right first time. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Send Three and Fourpence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, like and subscribe. And most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. And if you didn't like this podcast, please like, share and subscribe. And most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. Thank you and goodbye.